You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. The gold price can run to $3,000 pretty quickly. I mean, uh, conservatively, I would I would say the gold price could run to $3,000 by 2024. But um, as, as extremely bullish as that couple handle formation is, we could see $3,000 an ounce by next year. Welcome back. I'm Bill Powers, and this is Mining Stock Education. Joining me is David Erfley of Junior Miner Junkie with a Y.com. Dave, thanks for coming back onto the show. And gold is knocking on the door of 1900 as uh, you and I chat. So do you think we'll break through that and that will become support? Or are we going to see multiple retests of 1900 before we eventually break through? Well, that's a great question, Bill. And thanks again for having me on. Always, always great to talk to you. Um, yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of the reason for the gold price. It's nice to see the gold price at 1900, uh, but a lot of that, a lot of the, the the reason behind it hitting 1900, which is strong overhead resistance, is it's a war premium of what's going on in in, in Russia and Ukraine. Um, but what's but but um, what what's nice to see right now is even though the the, the gold price is short term over extreme overbought. Um, it's, it's attempting to consolidate above 1880 here. Um, you know, as, as, as you've alluded to previously, as we've seen uh, many times previously, we've had s- several false breakouts um, during this 18-month consolidation, as well as several false breakdowns. Um, the interesting thing to see on the breakdowns is they're bought immediately, meaning there's, there's intraday reversals and there's, and there's bullish hammers um, intraday, uh, each time the gold price got down to 1675. But on the flip side of that, when the gold, when the gold price attempts to break out higher, it stays above where, where it, uh, it's down trend line and cons- tries to consolidate a few days, then gives up the ghost and comes back down into that consolidation at a symmetrical triangle. Um, but we've got really got a lot of the wind at our sails here this time. Because uh, we've also got uh, the Federal Reserve on the verge of making uh, a major monetary policy shift while inflation continues to rage out of control. So it's kind of a perfect storm for gold right now, uh, but but is yet to be a perfect storm for gold juniors. Um, We started to see um, the major bellwethers, Newmont and and Goldcore, you know, be get get some bids out of this so see some sector rotation coming out because we've what we're really and what i'm really encouraged to see is is the the mining sector and gold now outperforming the stock market that's what we've been waiting for for so long we've watched the 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 stock market continue to climb a, a, a wall of worry higher and higher while shorts continue to get pounded having to cover it goes higher and in the meantime the gold price has been super boring for so long um it's traded sideways within a hundred dollar range for almost a year while everybody and his brother's been throwing away gold stocks and especially juniors which has created an incredible opportunity here. But um, it remains to be seen if the gold price will start to, to, to build a floor at 1900. I, I, I really think that um, the market is starting to believe that a, that a floor at 1800 is being, is being put into place. Yet, the, the, although the juniors aren't recognizing it, the majors and now the royalty plays are. 
So um, it's really going to be interesting to see as we have four weeks now yet until the Federal Reserve begins to raise interest rates, which, which is completely priced into the market now. Um, the, 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 but the war premium is basically um, um, keeping the gold price bid higher, despite the, the fact that, that yields have been rising. So, um, you know, uh, with 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 Russia likely to, to go into Ukraine any day now, um, you've also got uh, China possibly going into Taiwan at the same time. You know, you've uh, Putin and Xi were over there at the Beijing Waldorf during the during the Olympics, talking strategies and making deals. So um, they could be doing this simultaneously, and which would really put a monkey wrench into the marketplace and really ratchet up the volatility in the gold price. So um, even though the gold price is short-term overbought, um, if, uh, if God forbid war does break out um, and the gold price could run to $2,000 really quickly, I would really, to tell you the truth, I would not like to see that because um, that would come off rapidly, I believe, as $2,000 is, is very, very strong resistance. Um, and if the gold price does ramp up to $2,000 so quickly without correcting this move thus far, I think it would come off pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, we want to see the gold price go up because of, because of, uh, macroeconomic reasons and, and all those reasons are in place for the gold price to go up higher. You know, I, I, this reminds me of what took place during the 1970s bull market. When the gold price ran from about $120 to $850 in a short period of time, as as stagflation was in the system, inflation was raging out of control. The the the, the Federal Reserve started to hike rates at, at, at from 4.75 to 20 percent uh, by by uh, January of 1980, and the gold price was zooming higher. But what what took the gold price to a blow-off high, to a blow-off parabolic high, was Russia invading Afghanistan simultaneously while we had the Iran hostage crisis going on. And that was what took the gold price to a parabolic high. And it took 20 years for for that move to consolidate. I don't see that happening this time, but I'm just saying this is what happens could happen when you have a, a war premium uh, in the gold price. Uh, it could come off really quickly. So, Dave, you're not a trader, and let's make that clear. You don't offer a trading service. However, if you get that parado- parabolic war premium, such as you just described, might you trim some of your positions knowing you could probably buy the same companies back in the not-too-distant future? Ha! Well, you know... Um, it's it's a totally different scenario as far as when the when the gold price blew off to to eight fifty back in in January of nineteen eighty to where if if gold price um, zooms up to two thousand dollars here during this move uh, back then gold was at the, the the gold mining complex was at the end toward the end of a major bull market. Um, right now, um, a lot of these juniors, you can't give them away. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's, I mean, the, the, these investors are throwing them away with reckless abandon. And the, I've seen the opportunities just get more and more attractive in these stocks. So, um, if, if that took place, I mean, you, you, I, you, you 
probably see uh, some of the recent gains come off of uh, uh, sharply of you know the the, the 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 recent companies that have been a beneficiary of uh, of some mining investments like Barrick and Newmont and now um, Royal Gold and and um, and um, Franco Nevada. The two uh, bellwether royalty plays. Sure, you're going to see uh, moves come off there, but this bull market hasn't even really started yet in the mining complex. I mean, if you put, take a step back and you look at the incredible, incredibly bullish cup and handle formation, 12 year cup and handle formation that's being formed in the gold price, um, uh, it's 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 extremely. I mean, pe people just don't really understand how extremely bullish a cup and handle form formation can be in a major market because there's really not that many examples of it. So um, once the gold price has a monthly close above 1900, that will technically confirm that uh, the I think uh, technically confirm the bottom is in in this consolidation. But once we have a monthly close above 2100. And that would technically confirm the the cup and handle formation being in place, and the gold price can run to three thousand dollars pretty quickly. I mean, uh, conservatively, I would I would say the gold price could run to three thousand dollars by twenty twenty four. But um, as as extremely bullish as that cup and handle formation is, we could see three thousand dollars an ounce by next year. Um, I'm not predicting that, but I'm just saying that's that's a that's a possibility. And these mining stocks that are ridiculously cheap right now in relation to the gold price could really go a lot higher because once you have $1,900 closed above on a monthly basis, the professionals start to come in and momentum traders start to come in. That's, that's a flash signal that, hey, this sector is about, about to break out and take off. And this mining sector is tiny. I mean, if you take the entire market cap of the mining sector, it's not even $800 billion. So um, once this takes place, I, I expect to, to see quite a lot of capital start to finally come into this sector. So Dave, uh, as you know, when gold sells off, the explorers are the first ones to get sold. But when gold's gonna go on a run, you mentioned the, the Newmonts, the Barracks, the Franco Nevadas, they begin to perk up. Somewhere down the road, these little gold juniors perk up and then they begin to fly. So. I guess, are you looking at a lot of these junior explorers that are cashed up right now? If you think there's going to be a powerful move in gold, because you get you, you get a one, 200 percent move with no discovery in these stocks if gold moves. Yeah, it's I've since October, I've been accumulating developer explorers. Um, I've been staying away from the higher risk um, drill plays. Because let's face it, when you when you see all this uh, value on the table in companies that have already proved up multi-million ounce resources and they're on sale and they're cashed up and they're located in top tier jurisdictions and the management team has got access to capital and they've done the right things. They, they raised money at the right times when their share price was high. And um, when you see that much value on that, there's on the table, there's no really no need to take a lot of risk in companies that have yet to make a discovery or define a resource. So, uh, although I do have exposure to some companies like that, there's a company that um, I was fortunate enough to get in early, and um, it went up uh, several times, and I was able to take my original investment off the table. 
So it's basically a free ride. So I'm keeping those shares. And plus I have warrants in other companies that are early stage. You know, I've sold the shares and I still hold the, the risk-free warrants. And so I do have exposure to companies like that. But I really like the developer explorers right now that are that are de-risking these, these high-margin uh, multi-million ounce uh, assets. Now, uh, I know probably the next question you might be asking me is the CapEx has been going up on a lot of these companies. And uh, the market has been punishing a few where the CapEx went up considerably, like uh, I am Gold and, and Argonaut. So um, you do have to be aware of that. But um, And when do they become good buys again, Dave? Is it $2,500 gold? Is it $2,100 gold? Well, that's the, that, that's <laughs> the thing. Um, uh, it all depends on the, 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 the margin on the project. You know, let's say it's, let's say it's, it's a high margin project at 1600 gold, you know, but it's, and it's a higher, of course, it's a higher margin project at 1800 gold. If it's at 1800 gold and they've got an IRR above 3540 and um, you know, the CapEx is, is still reasonably decent. Um, you know, once the market begins to, to, to price in a solid $1,800 floor, which I don't think will happen until we get that $1,900 a month close above, above 1900 right i think those will be i mean they're still they're 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 cheap right now but i don't think they'll be cheap very long once that takes place and what i'm looking for is as a as as a as a sign that the bottom is in for the for the higher risk juniors and i mean higher risk juniors and junior companies that consume capital they don't throw it off like like producers or royalty plays I'm looking at a, a close above 47 in the GDXJ, and it's still quite a ways from 47. You know, uh, the, the close above uh, 35 in the GDX is the signal I'm looking for that there's a bottom in the mining sector. Close above 47 in the GDXJ would be a technical signal that, that the bottom has been put in place in the junior sector. But the higher risk juniors, the ones we've been talking about here, those are the last ones to start moving up. The, the the last ones in the food chain are those drill plays, those higher risk drill plays that have yet to, to define a resource. So, so basically to, to sum up right now, we're seeing majors getting a lot of bids uh, as the gold price has reached 1900. You're seeing royalty plays now start to get bids along with other miners. Then we're going to, we're going to see mid tier miners get then there's then the, the the developer explorers that are that are de-risking high margin, multi-million ounce asset um, uh, uh, projects, and then finally that's at the end is when is is, is when the, the the drill play the, the 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 explorers start to go up higher. Um, but you just I would still just be very conscious of how much cash all these companies have. You know, if even if you're um, a developer or developer explorer and you are in that category of de-risking a high margin project, if you don't have a lot of cash, you know, the, the market's going to sense that and they're going to sense that dilution. So the stock might not is probably going to lag the sector until they raise capital. Dave, what's your perspective and approach when a management team makes you a lot of money? So you're happy with them and maybe they make you money a couple of times. Then the third deal comes along, you invest based on your success with the previous two, 
and the management team thoroughly disappoints. You know, do you give them another chance or could you just talk through your take on this? And the reason I'm asking you this is a lot of times I see comments where somebody invests in a company, they don't make money or they don't make money within the time frame. They allow manage, give management a chance mm-hmm. and then they just immediately trash management. Now, I'm not here to stick up for bad management, but oftentimes, you know, I don't think they're being fair. No, that's a great question. You know, I've been caught up in this before. You know, I, it's I always like to invest in serially successful management teams. That's a, that's, that's a big box that I like to have checked before I, before I take an investment in a company. Um, and there has been management teams that I've invested in that have made me quite a bit of money more than once. Um, but it's also been, uh, it's also, it can also be a detriment. If you put too much faith in their past successes, it may cloud your vision of of the red flags that are in the that, that may be in the project that they're de-risking or the company they're attempting to build at present, and that has that has happened to me before. I mean, you you still have to make sure that they take all the other boxes, you know, share structure, retail float, um, ownership, you know, uh, those things are, are 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 very important as well as the management team. What's your, what ratio be of retail and institution in the share structure? Like say for a junior explorer or developer, is there a point where there could be too many institutions in to where you don't like the, the illiquidity? And is there a point where at what point percentage wise, is there too much retail in a stock? Yeah, it's a fine line. You know, I mean, if it's, if there's a retail of less than 20%, then that is, yeah, then that's, that's kind of a concern. Um, but uh, and on the flip side of that, if there's retail of over 50%, then that can start to be a concern as well. Um, I like to 50, 50 to 60%, 50 to 60%, I'd say. If I, see, if I see retail float of over 60%, not a lot of institutional ownership, um, that's, yeah, I, that, that, that's a, a bit of a concern. And is that because you don't think there's sticky hands with the shares? Is that exactly. the, the yeah, primary want, concern? You, yeah, I mean, because that's what you found out that's what a lot of people have found out during this correction, because when you have, when you have a long consolidation in this sector, and this is, this has been a considerably long consolidation. Toward the end of it, the retail sector really starts to give up the ghost, the ghost. So if you have a high retail float of 65, 70, 75%, that stock is going to get destroyed no matter how good it looks on paper, no matter how good the management team so these things you have to keep an eye on for sure. Um, you know, there's 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 a myriad of other things you need to, to, to look to look for, but that that is that is a major concern is a too high of a retail float or a too low of a retail Dave, what role does in your due diligence process when you're assessing management? How much weight do you put on assessing the board members in their contribution? And I want to share with you something I read recently, which I really like. The person said that oftentimes in this in this sector, the directors can make the least risky decisions for themselves, their personal reputations and their options or their holdings in the company, rather than trying to say, how can I maximize value for all of the shareholders? So I thought that was insightful. You know, how do you assess board members? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's one, that's one of the big things that I that I look for. Uh, one of the first things I ask when I'm evaluating a company is 
I asked them, how many shares do you own and what did you pay for your shares? Um, you know, that could, that also goes uh, for the directors. And Dave, you don't do a write-up until you get that info. I know from communicating with you, like you won't do your report. You're like, I want to issue my report, but I'm waiting to hear back what he paid for his shares. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because, you know, I operate my business the same way. Um, you know, um, since, since that's a, since that is a big pet peeve of, of mine, management not owning enough shares to be aligned with shareholders, I, I do the same thing in, in my business. You know, I'm not going to recommend a company that I own, that, that I don't own shares in. You know, I, I, I'm aligned with, with my shareholders as, as junior management team. I mean, I'm aligned with my, with my subscribers as junior management team should be aligned with their shareholders. So that, that, that is a big one for me. You know, it's like, I, I like the, we're, we're all, we're all in this together approach. We all have, we all share the same goal, right? I, I have a goal of making money with your company. If you have a goal of just supporting your lifestyle and not making your shareholders money, then I'm not going to invest in you. Excellent. Juniorminerjunkie.com with a Y. Anything new listeners should find there, Dave? Oh, there's, there's, I mean, it's, there's a lot's new. I mean, I, 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 I work tirelessly to, to keep my subscribers up to date on what's going on, not only in the sector, but economically what's happening with, with, uh, the Federal Reserve and, and what they're talking about, what's happening in other companies, uh, other countries and what they're doing economically. Um, what's happening, uh, in the sector as far as news releases are concerned, what's, what's bullish, what's bearish. Um, what's going on with with each company individually? Um, I give uh, a, a technical analysis of each company each week. Update that. So um, there's always something new, and it's I basically try to try to keep my weekly newsletter as like a one stop newsletter where you don't really have to keep on top of the market until, uh, until you until you look at my newsletter, which keeps it which keeps you on top of the market for you. And it takes at least an hour to read when you do send it out. It goes down and down. The email keeps going down. It's like, click here to access more. I keep clicking. <laughs> so it's very thorough. Uh, go check out Dave's website, juniormineerjunkie.com, junkie with a Y. If you're not on his email list, you can sign up for free. He will send you his weekly Kitco commentary. Dave, thanks for the monthly check-in today. Always, always, always a pleasure. And I always look forward to it. And best of luck to everybody out there. This is a, a great Great time to be in this sector, you know, when, uh, when, when, when everybody is, is, is very bearish, despite the fact that the gold price is, is knocking on the door of a breakout and, uh, there's still a lot of value out there. It's a, it's, it's a great time. You've got a window of opportunity to, to take your time, get in the right companies and hold for a long term. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks.
The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.